0: Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 58 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. Big 12 media days are complete. I think. Well, they're complete because Texas and OU have already gone. I don't care about anybody else. They are complete. We are here to break it all down. Kevin, the Big 12 Deputy Commissioner at Big 12 Media Days makes the comment, and I quote, OU and Texas apparently would rather just get beat by Alabama instead of K-State or by Florida instead of Iowa State. That's why they're leaving and going to the SEC. Is that a shot across the bow by somebody who has really no business taking shots? I don't even understand what happened with that quote.
1: That's exactly what it is, man. These guys are haters. They're bitter exes, assumed to be exes, right? We're just going through the divorce right now. they are those seven stages of grief. I guess clearly they have the anger.
0: Um, They're like that. It's kind of like that breakup movie with Vince Vaughn and... Jennifer Aniston, where they're like broke up, but they stay in the same house. Like it's, it's like that. Like yeah. we're, we're still living it's together. The breakup, right? That's the name of the, the the breakup. breakup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, I don't know. I thought it was weird, but all that to be said. But it's like that, right? It's uncomfortable. We're trying to be nice to each other, but yeah. we, but we really can't help it. I, I kind of feel like we're above it all, and Texas is above it all because we're getting the better end of the deal, and we know it. But instead, right. we're having to listen to deputy commissioners, Mike Gundy, um, the whole the whole group is just they're upset and they're bitter. And I guess I feel bad for them, but maybe I should just feel really good that we're getting the heck out of here. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's how I feel. Right. It is awkward, but I'm still relieving. Right. Let's just get this year over with. And move on with our lives. We're moving on to bigger and better things. OK, yes, as, go ahead.
0: Well, as bitter as this guy sounds and I agree I agree with everything we've said. Bitter ex, breakup movie, living together, ready to leave, off to greener pastures, blah, 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 blah. I just, it kind of hit me a little bit. Like, is he right? <laughs> are we leaving? Are we leaving the big 12? I mean, Oklahoma is so freaking happy that they don't have to play K State this year. Like, we are like thrilled.
1: Oh, and- yeah. We're, we're thrilled we don't have to play Oklahoma State.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So what does that mean? Does that mean this, there's some merit to what the guy says? Or did he just know exactly which buttons to press?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Right. I mean, I'd rather lose Alabama than to K-State. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. Let's, just, let's just be real. Especially when we get to the SEC. And if, you know, we're trying to make the playoff at some point. Right. Yeah. Your resume looks better with a loss to Alabama than it does to Iowa State. It just uh-huh. is what it is. I, I I
0: can't agree with you more. The, the reality is, is I think anymore, you're the, unless you're Georgia, the expectations of going undefeated, regardless of the conference you're in,
1: are really, 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 really yeah, it's unlikely. So hard to do. I mean, we've seen some of the better teams over the last twenty years, right? And they just it's it's just incredibly hard to go undefeated, man. So anytime a team does it, it's just T-C- like, well, how did you how did you yeah. do that? TCU
0: was the best team in the conference last year. And they couldn't go through it unscathed. Um, And it's just, it's going to get harder and harder. Speaking of that, and speaking of like the competition, if we focus back though on this season, 2023, we're still in the Big 12. Media preseason Big 12 rankings. How do the expectations feel on your shoulders, Kevin Miller, for Texas to be preseason number one Big 12?
1: You know what? I'm I'm actually excited about it. You're not nervous? a A little bit, right? But we're nervous before every season. And I know people are saying Texas is always hyped up and everybody always picks Texas to win. But that's just not true, right? This is the first time that Texas has been picked by the media to win the conference since 2009, which coincidentally was the last time they won it. They have not been picked by the media to win the Big 12 literally since 2009 um is it that weight of
0: expectations or the fact that sarkisian your head football coach has never won more than nine games which 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 makes you more worried the weight of expectations or the complete lack of success displayed by your head football coach
1: well lack of success
0: Um, uh, nine games Dude, he has been at USC. He's been at Washington in a watered down Pac 12, and he's been at the University of Texas, and he's never won more than nine games. I'm going to call well, that a lack of success. Listen, you can do as the as same as thing with Brent, 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 Brent You can say the same thing, same thing about Brent Venables right now. As far as I, I agree with you, he is six and seven. But in a vacuum, we're just talking about Sarkeesian. They're picking yeah. him to win the Big 12. He's never won more than nine games. And I'm going I'm to point this out. I don't think your offense is going to be better this year. You're losing. One of the best players in college football at Bijan Robinson, like you're losing him. Yes, yours is going to be a year older, but I just can't see how you're going to be as dynamic as you were, or I don't see how the the offense can be as dynamic as everybody's expecting
1: it to be. Well, I think the passing game is definitely going to be more dynamic. We were better. We got better receivers. We got more experience at the receiver, and really, all this depends on the if Quinn Ewers takes the leap that we hope he can take. That's really what it all comes down to. I feel good about the offensive line, especially when it comes to pass protection. I feel really good about our receiving core. I feel good about the running backs. Not obviously not as good as last year. Bijan is a historically good player, right? But I like the depth there. It's really going to come down to if Quinn can take the steps that I think he can.
0: Okay. Outside of the first quarter against Alabama, okay? Give me another half of football. Where you said that's the Quinn Ewers I have to see next year?
1: I mean, he was pretty good against Iowa State. What was his stats? Do you know? Probably. Not. I don't have this. I don't have the stats in front of me.
0: Because, like, I look yeah. at Dylan. I look at Dylan Gabriel just as an as a mm-hmm. comparison, and the guy threw for like thirty three touchdowns and six interceptions. Like, that's yeah. a very solid stat line, and I feel like. All you're looking for Dylan Gabriel is moderate improvement. I think about Quinn Ewers, and there was a lot of bad Quinn Ewers last year. And some of that was on him, and some of it was on Sark. I think of the Oklahoma State game, 19 of 49. Like, to to just trust to put it on his arm would make me nervous as a Texas fan.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a bit baffling, that game. You know, and I'm trying to think of how exactly that happened. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback go 19 for 49 before. Well,
0: especially anyway. well, we've got we we we've beat this game to death, but I'm just going to keep beating it. Especially when you're up in the second half and you've got Bijan Robinson in the backfield, why are you throwing the ball so yeah. much? A- exactly.
1: All right, I've got a stat here. You know, I thought he looked good against Washington in the bowl game. 31 of 47, 369 yards, touch with a touchdown, no interceptions. It's not bad. Um, he was 12 of 16 for 194 against Baylor, the game before that, Kansas 12-21. It seems like, you know, those last two, after the TCU game was, was really bad. I thought that was a really bad game by Sark, too. Yeah. He was 17-39 for 171 yards and um, one interception. I think after that, Sark was just like, "Yeah, we're just going to run the ball." Well,
0: okay, so you said you thought he looked good against Iowa State. What was his stat? Was his stat line against Iowa State? Uh, he
1: was seventeen to twenty-six, one hundred seventy-two yards, and three touchdowns, no turnovers. Okay, rating of so, one fifty-nine. Okay,
0: so the the I think you've got the really good game against Washington, and and let's say Oklahoma. I, I think we're a depleted defense, but whatever. We're, uh, you
1: throw out those. No, actually, two your your offense was more than was. Well the issue with that. Game. Well,
0: we were down Billy Bowman in that game too, though. Woody Washington was having to play Woody Washington was having to play free safety. Um uh, y'all were gonna win the game. That this isn't that I'm not trying to make that point. What I'm getting at though is let's throw out throw out the bowl game and throw out the bad games, throw out Oklahoma State, throw out TCU, right? So we throw out two really good games, we throw out two really bad games, and and we kind of got a picture of his stat line. And to me, it screams game manager. Like, I agree with you, 17 of 26 for 300 yards and th- and two touchdowns is a good stat line. It's not a great stat line, though, right? I mean, you'd have to agree with that. I mean. Absolutely. And like yeah. you have mentioned, like the Baylor game, what was he, 16 of 21? It was 12 of 16. 12 of 16. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you think about his good games, they took the ball out of his hands. You know, he was just kind of asked to make make a limited number of plays. So, I don't know, man. I still think there's more question marks than answers yours. No, what, what with Quinn
1: Ewers. But you agree. You agree with that? Okay. Absolutely. But what I'm trusting in is, his first of all, his talent, right? I'm trusting in his talent. And I'm trusting in the quarterback development of Steve Sartesian. Say what you will about him as a head coach. I have the same question. No more. He's I'm never had that.
0: He's never had more than nine wins at SC, Washington, or Texas. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, what I mean, I'm going to say about
1: Sarkisian. That's yeah. fact. But, but there's no denying about his ability to develop quarterbacks. He's done it everywhere he's been. Think about that, man. He made Jake Locker a first-round pick. <laughs> Whatever happened to Jake Locker? I have no idea, but he was a first-round pick <laughs> wow. after playing for Sark. We saw what he did with these guys at Alabama. And look, yeah. I know Bryce Young nope. was, a, was a five-star number one player in the country.
0: Matt Jones wasn't. He's done that well, I tell you what, it's going to be fascinating. I think Oklahoma is properly ranked at three. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying that's where they're going to finish, but I think when you look at Oklahoma's um, additions in the portal, recruiting additions, uh, returning quarterback, second year in a system. And especially, and I, 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 I'm I, going to beat this drum until I'm proven wrong, especially their schedule. I think there's a there's a likelihood. Well, I'm going to predict they do better than that, than third place. Like, I predict right. they're going to get into the Big 12 championship game. But as far as, like, a ranking goes, I think that's an appropriate ranking for Oklahoma. Agree, disagree?
1: No, I completely agree. Yeah, if I would have had a, a vote in this, that's probably where I would have placed on so YouTube. Um, K-State. who do they do they return a
0: quarterback i can never keep up with k-state yeah they've
1: got Will. the will howard
0: is coming back right Yes. so that's you know that's an interesting that is an interesting team they are golly they just remind you of old school k-state right i mean they just plot along and they're not spectacular they're going to lose a couple games but they're going to be in every game and you're not going to want to play them like i I am so glad they're not on our schedule
1: they lose some guys, right? They lose Zeus Vaughn. They lose their um, edge the, rusher. Yeah, that big defensive end they had that was Yeah, really, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he's he's gone and then Julius Brentz, they had a re- really talented corner. I think he got drafted like, in the second round. They lose them. but I think they're getting so much love because I think they replace or they bring back all of their offensive linemen from last year.
0: Um other and things we'll have that, it back. Other things to note. You have been high on Texas Tech. You're happy with them at four. You'd probably vote them at four. I would. Wow. I God, dude, it's hard. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around tech being that good.
1: Man, I just um, like Joey McGuire, the head coach, man. I loved him as a high school coach. I wanted him on the Texas staff um as an assistant while he was still at Cedar Hill. He ended up choosing to go to Baylor instead and then you know eventually got the tech head coaching job. I think he's doing a great job so far. Um I think I think we're
0: sleeping a l- well I don't know what we don't know enough about the new schools um I think UCF has a chance to be really good um they mm-hmm. beat a, they beat Tulane last year Tulane proved to be a pretty good team beat K State and USC um they beat so they beat Tulane last year you've got all of that talent in Florida Gus Malzon's their coach so you know he you know he hasn't forgotten how to coach um he in a national championship game I would Dude, he almost – that was the game against – Yeah, Florida State with Jameis Winston. And that was a good game. That wasn't a blowout or anything. That was a very solid game. Oh, they have
1: the lead until the end. Florida State scored the go-ahead touchdown with like 15 seconds left.
0: Yeah, no, it was a very solid game. And so, you know, I I think they have a chance to – I would have rated them above TCU – well, definitely above OSU and probably Baylor um, just because I think that there's some talent there and it's kind of the unknown. Don't have a lot of –
1: let me ask you this. What do you expect out of TCU this year? They lose some well, great players. Sonny I mean, Dice. Johnson's right. gone. Kendra Miller, their running back is gone. And don't forget uh, their offensive. The Max Duggan's gone too. And don't forget their offensive coordinator's gone.
0: Yeah, they're losing Garrett, Garrett Riley. Yeah, they're losing Garrett Riley. And I, I think that um that's gonna have as big an impact as, as not having Duggan. Um I mean, they got who that who who's the kid who's there now? Is it it's um, uh, Chandler Morris, former No 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 um, no, no. Well, yes, Chandler There's Morris is there the
1: no. who's the offensive coordinator? Oh, is it um is it Boyles' it. kid? It's um Bryles. Kendall, Kendall. Bryles. Bryles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: sorry, Bryles. Um, so here's the deal, right? Like, I know that he runs that Baylor, you know, he came up in the art Bryles and you know, all of this kind of things, and he's had success. He Did not have great success at AM. I mean, at Arkansas, he did not have great success at Arkansas as offensive coordinator. Like, he wasn't some overwhelming whiz kid putting up a bunch of numbers. I mean, they, they lit up Texas that day, with it. but yeah, well, that, but that was two years ago. Last year, I don't think, our, yeah, Arkansas, you know, and so I think that Riley losing Riley, picking up him is going to have an impact. Uh, I think Chandler Moore, god, I can't believe he still has eligibility. That's just crazy. That's just goes to show you the COVID years, just throw everything off. Yeah. And
1: I mean, didn't they're going to play last year at all. I mean, I think he got hurt. Well, he got um, hurt and had to go
0: back to Duggan and then Duggan just had that hell of a year, Yeah, you know, driving around with
1: it. Exactly.
0: But yeah, I just can't, I can't see them having the same level of play. I mean, to go undefeated in the regular season, I think is a stretch, obviously. Um, And it just, you you feel like they're gonna have kind of a down rebuilding type year. Yeah. Although
1: I think also th- there was some luck there too. They were six and one in one score game. Right. Well, they had and, several games that just could have gone either way.
0: And didn't they also knock out every starting quarterback they played for a stretch of like five or six games <laughs> in a row?
1: I think so. They heard uh, a lot of No, players. no, for real though, right? I mean that no, I, no. I, to... Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean,
0: OU was losing when when Dylan Gabriel went down, like we were getting beat we're probably gonna lose that that game really bad hit by the way oh and so but it made the score look I think a lot worse than it would have if he'd have been able to stay in obviously so yeah um I also think um you know we've had Joe Young on for BYU to talk BYU I wonder how BYU fan feels being picked so low like you know they typically play a pretty tough schedule they're kind of like Notre Dame you know they'll play a very tough schedule so yeah, I mean, they've been independent
1: until this year so
0: I just I think that's a really um I think Houston, Cincinnati and West Virginia are properly ranked. I think BYU has a chance to move up, UCF has a chance to move up. Um I don't know. I think Texas should be picked first because of um their last couple recruiting classes they got a returning quarterback. But the reasons against it are the returning quarterback just hasn't been that good. So
1: I, I yeah, it's, it's not a sure thing, right? It's not like they were the unanimous pick, right? But I think if you look at everything, I think you'd almost have to pick them number one, you know?
0: Oklahoma had their media days today. Um, I watched the ESPN Plus broadcast, of a okay. live broadcast of his um, press conference. And you know how when you're like watching a movie and they've kidnapped somebody, and they have like a real grainy video and they're pleading for their lives, like yeah, um, you know, please deliver the money. And
1: yeah, and they're the victim, yeah, with, the, with their
0: you know, face taped over and around. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with like a USA today held up for the date and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh that was the level of production that I thought ESPN Plus gave this press conference. It was so bad,
1: dude. Like, is that what they send their interns, basically, if you're fresh off the streets and you want to do this? To work, ESPN Plus. Oklahoma had Sooner
0: Sports for years and years. That's what we have. That's what we dealt with with Sooner Sports. And they at least had an HD camera when they were shooting this stuff. Like, I don't even understand what's happening. This is ESPN. It's not like the technology is different. It, you're, you're there in Dallas. Dow- and it's not like they had to go somewhere. You're in Dallas. Like, like the equipment is there. The person can... Press record. It's a stationary object. We're not asking them to track a football in the air or a golf ball in the air or anything like we're saying put a camera on these guys and it just looks terrible. I don't I didn't watch the Sark one. Did you see? Did it look as bad?
1: You know what? I didn't see the Sark one live, um, but I saw some videos that were actually recorded by local media members. So I'm not sure, but I imagine it was just the same. Uh, we've seen some of that stuff with the Longhorn Network over the years. Just like man, it's just amateur hour. A- am- yes, amateur. Now I did watch the ESPNU
0: coverage. They had an ESPNU coverage, pretty much just dedicated to Oklahoma, which was pretty cool, and that was really good. They had Dusty Dvorak, um on when they were interviewing uh, BV, and so that was pretty cool. He he challenged him. I thought Dusty's takes were pretty uh, pretty solid. Um, he's he was beating the Rondell Bothroyd um, pick, um, which I think is really good. Uh, and he was really hyping on the fact that they're going to have better personnel and a better understanding of the defense. That was Dusty Dvorak's take. I I kind of agree with that. I mean, we've upgraded in three or four positions just from the transfer portal. And I think that we're going to be in a pretty good spot defensively. Um, Additionally, coach BV Venables is his big talking point was more competitive depth. So even if those guys don't start, they're there to 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 support, rotate in, replace whatever the case may be. Versus last year, where you're having to put a corner back at safety, and uh, you know against Texas yeah. and all of the things that we've talked about with them on defense. Um, at the same time, though,
1: they kept coming back to the fact that Venable's was six and seven last year. Hey, listen, man, we got ten years of, of that kind of stuff. So when if anybody understands what that's like, I do. You know, you you know, well, what your record is.
0: I mean, that's the reality of it, I guess, right? I mean, and so you, you have guys like me, you know, Uber fans that want to believe everything want to drink the, the Venables Kool-Aid, but when six and seven gets thrown in your face and the losses that you have are on the deep a lot of cases the defensive side of the ball, um, to to what you expect to be lesser talented teams, um, to what you expect to be clock management decisions and things like that. I'm kind of with the national media, going okay, BV. Let's. I believe in you. I believe in the optimism. I believe in the in the spirit and the fight. But man, this is You've the, we've see got. It. Dude, against this schedule, we have to see it. If we don't win ten, if we don't win ten games in the regular season uh, with this schedule, he's got it. It's got to be a serious. I mean, they're not going to fire him, but it's got to be a serious thought. Like
1: so what's even even, an,
0: even nine and three. Okay, well, non-cons are all guaranteed wins. Okay, so that's three wins Absolutely. right there. Absolutely, yeah. Uh-huh. So te- let, let's give Texas game a loss, although I don't know that it has to be. like that. No, no, not at all.
1: Game. No, anything happens in the property. And so then I'm you get one – so find me one more loss. Kansas? I mean, I mean it's not going to be T- an easy game. TCU at home? Like- the BYU game will be weird. The TCU game will be tough. Well – I, we'll we'll know by We the haven't end of made the year. our official predictions, but yeah.
0: Unlike unlike TCU last year, we'll know by the end of the year how tough that game will be, right? Yeah, because we go down to Dallas, and nobody was worried about that game. Um, no or Fort Worth, wherever TCU is Fort Worth. Um. So I don't know Texas Texas media days. What did Sark have to
1: say? Well, I think Sark was really kind of embracing the expectations for this year. I mean, of course, like any coach would say we're going to take it one game at a time. But I thought he said, Hey, you know, we embrace this. We like being picked to win. We want to win. We we are expecting to win this year. So I thought that was good. The team seems confident, right? We got to go out and show it though. So I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me because when I look at it on paper and I like the trajectory of the program, right. What was it? Five and seven, his first year. Eight and four during the regular, eight and five, right? Eight and four during the season, right? I like the returning players that we have. I feel like we can be pretty good this year. But I've got the PTSD of all these bad to mediocre seasons over the last 13 years that are kind of holding me back from just being all the way in on them saying, oh, yeah, no doubt Texas is going to win the Big 12 this year. Um, who do you not have to play in the big 12? Um, we don't play Oklahoma state. Let me pull up the schedule. real quick.
0: That helps. That's, that's basically yeah, our, Kansas. No that's our, state. that's our, that's our Kansas state
1: for sure. Correct. Correct. Um, we do have Texas tech. We do have Iowa state, TCU, Kansas state, Baylor. Um, we don't play Cincinnati or central Florida out of the, uh, out of the new teams and let's see
0: and then you host BYU right we host BYU right dude do you see BYU? BYU? real quick just side note BYU speaking of BYU they got no favors from the Big 12 none that schedule is brutal they play every they play every big boy they don't have I don't even it's just they said welcome to the Big 12 BYU like it's legit
1: yeah, it's almost like y'all's SEC schedule the first year. Oh, you know, yeah. they did not do you guys any favor.
0: Which um I don't know, man. I just I I hear you. I I, I, God, I can't wait till college football. How many days we have like 51 days or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, man. yeah.
1: Man. For Texas, again, I just want to see 20 viewers get the ball to those receivers. We've got so much talent there with Xavier Worthy coming back. We got AD Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia, who scored a touchdown in every all four of the college football playoff games that he's played in. Jordan Whittington's back. It seems like his eighth season for Texas. We've got some really talented freshmen that we plan. We've got Jatavian Sanders, who I feel is the best tight end in the conference. I think he's the second best tight end in the country behind Brock Bowers of Georgia, of course got all five starters on the offensive line coming back. We've got talented yet unproven running backs. I feel good about the defense too, with except the edge position. You know, I think Texas led the nation in pressures last year, but didn't get a lot of sacks. So I'm hoping with some more experience, we can get the quarterback to the ground a little bit more. Like the linebackers, Jalen Ford is back. Um, all Big 12 first team last year. we got some dudes coming back in the secondary. So
0: I'm excited, man. Um, You know, it's funny that you mentioned your receivers and you're excited about the talent. And then you've also kind of hinted at or not hinted at directly said that you're worried about Oklahoma's receivers. Uh, Dylan Dylan Gabriel was interviewed at Big 12 Media Days and they asked, hey, who, you know, who's going to be your go to guys this year? And he said Jaleel Farouk and Drake Stoops. Which is great that he feels those are his go-to guys, and I think they're pretty good. Is it? Should I be concerned that he didn't mention one of the new guys at all?
1: The only thing I can say to that is he's just not used to playing with them. He hasn't thrown to him enough. He trusts Drake Stoops. He trusts Jaleel Farouk for what they did on the field last season. So, but, but neither one of those
0: guys are a true number one, right? I mean, we can
1: agree on that. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. I think for all you, your biggest hope is just somebody steps up and becomes that guy like Marvin Mims wasn't always that guy right he, he became that guy so I think that's your hope but yeah that's my biggest concern at least with your offense um replacing two tackles is not easy either I mean you had two really really good tackles no but we're getting like a
0: we're getting like a four-year starter from Stanford I think yeah that's Walter gonna, Rouse.
1: Yeah. yeah I think uh-huh. that guy's I think
0: that's going to be a uh, instant help Beaton um, Bow, I don't know. I just never really worry about the offensive line. Beaton Bow always seems to take care of it. When you look back at the year, you know, you always have a little panic mode. And then you look at like an Eric Gray and he rushed for as many yards as he rushed. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe our offensive line wasn't that bad. You know, like well, who I mean, you maybe, maybe they were pretty good.
1: With the running back position, And you think it's going to be that two-headed monster with Barnes and Sawchuck? Or uh, uh, you no,
0: 100, 100%. I think that's what DeMarco Murray wants. I think that's why he's recruiting. uh, And that's how he's recruiting. I think his philosophy is – to recruit multiple running backs in order to have them better prepared for the league in the sense that they won't be so run down,
1: right? Well, they, yeah, they won't be I'm the featured
0: weird. back. So it's like, hey, you, you don't have to be a featured back to get drafted anymore. Yeah. So why not have, you know, we can say if you play for three or four years for Oklahoma, really we're only talking about putting two or two and a half years worth of work on your legs because we're sharing the snaps with other talented running backs, and so far, I think that is working out, and it, it seems to be working out on the recruiting trail.
1: Um, well, I mean, the two guys that you're after, I don't think either one of them has have committed yet, but it seems like you're going to get both of them. You know, if you get Taylor Tatum out of Longview, Texas, <laughs> I mean, this guy is really good, and then Caden Durham out of Duncanville, Texas, who's actually, I think, he's originally from Moore.
0: He and he's is. a
1: dynamic kid, man. I mean, he's a 10-2 guy in the hundred meters. He won the sixth day 100 meters in Texas. Okay. I mean, so what we, are we talking about here?
0: So we have Xavier Robinson from Carl Albert. Yeah. And then we've got those two guys. I mean, if you're a running back, are you are you
1: signing up to play
0: with three other two other recruits plus two
1: sophomores? Is Xavier Robinson gonna stay at running back? That dude looks like a what? linebacker to me. He is, he's a big dude. What is he? I just have, I think I have 16, it. 6'2", 225? I have it pulled up here. Yeah, 6'2", on uh, 24-7. Yeah, so, you know, I'm just curious if he's t- – and maybe he will. But, no, I think with um, Durham and Taylor Tatum – nah, I think at least with two other guys. And three, that's a lot. And it's, But let me ask you the Is he uh, class of 24, Robinson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought he was a little bit younger than that. No,
0: but uh, speaking of guys that got reclassed, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Davon Mitchell?
1: Uh, Davon Mitchell, I mean, he hit the scene after his freshman year. If you really follow recruiting, you know about that. He hit the scene after his freshman year, and he played at Allen in Texas. I think he's playing in California this year. But, no, he is a dynamic Dynamic athlete at tight end, I think it's a huge pickup for you guys. Texas wanted him, pretty much every school in the country wanted him. So, I think he's a guy that will come in and compete for playing time right away. So, explain explain to me why,
0: um, and in some ways it's evident, but in other ways, I don't know that I agree with it. Why does he go from a from like the highest ranked five star? you know, tight end almost ever in the 25 class to a four-star in the
1: 24 class? Is it strictly age? You know, possibly, but I think that guy is so physically mature, you know, I think he's just, he's ready to go. I still think he comes in after this year. He can play as a true freshman. I think he's just physically there. So I'm not sure why they drop. Sometimes I don't understand how. And maybe he just got passed up. I don't know where his ranking was in 25. Compared to when he switched, he was a five star. He was a five star number one.
0: Yeah, I think possibly the number one tight end in the country. Yeah.
1: Okay. And what is he now? Do you know when it comes to tight end rankings? Uh, I wonder if they've even adjusted it. Seventh. Yes, he's this uh, seventh in his position. Seventh. We'll see how it unfolds once the season happens. Six four two forty five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after his freshman year. They were listing him already, I think, at, at 6'3, 220, 225 pounds. So he was just an athlete. We kind of buried and the lead sure.
0: a little bit. We kind of buried the lead a little bit on this for Oklahoma. Big big commitment today, Jaden Jackson out of IMG, four star defensive lineman. Um, is this the kind of person that helps Oklahoma get ready for the SEC?
1: Absolutely. Man, and that's how you win. That's been the difference with Alabama and Georgia and LSU compared to maybe teams that aren't. The teams in the Big 12, like Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley, and the end of the Bob Stoops years, also Ohio State, is those huge defensive linemen, right? Do you remember – I'm taking this back a little bit. Do you remember after the 06 season, right, when Florida – Ohio State went undefeated that year, and then played Florida. And Florida uh, ran them off the – and the yeah. And the reason yeah. why, if you look back at that, it was those defensive linemen that they had. they had Jarvis Moss and Jermaine Cunningham and Ray McDonald, and Ohio State couldn't handle it. Very next year, again, Ohio State goes undefeated in the regular season, gets to the championship game, plays a LSU team that has two losses against Arkansas and Kentucky. And again, they ball them off the field because they had these different class of dudes yeah. at the defensive line. So you got to win. In order to win, and obviously Venable knows that, would he have four first-round picks on one defensive line at Clemson? You know? so,
0: so this guy, J. J., I don't know anything about him. I'm asking, is he is he one of the dudes you're talking about? Like, is this is this somebody that would play at Alabama, play at Georgia?
1: Yeah, he was recruited by all those kids, all those schools he can. But you guys are after guys who are even better than him. Yeah, David That's Stone. That's a scary thing for David a Texas a- David,
0: now now give us an update on the David Stone recruitment. I know Oklahoma's in on that. Is Texas in on that, or is it between Oklahoma no. and somebody else?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's from what I'm hearing, it's like Oklahoma and Michigan State Yep, yeah. for him. So, I mean, it seems like you guys are going to get him, and you, there's a kid who's ranked even higher than him, Williams Warnery, out of the Kansas City area. You guys can get him, and he's like, I think on all the sides, he's ranked as one of the top five players in the entire country regardless of position. So I'm getting goosebumps.
0: Oh. I'm getting goosebumps, Kevin. Listen, man. It's, I, like, I, you're, I, it's I, like you're whispering in my ear real breathily and talking. In a, if you just said this in kind of a little bit sexier voice, I don't know what would be happening right now.
1: Hey, um, is, and dude, you compare them with P.J. Adabare, who you signed last year, who is a five-star defensive lineman. All of a sudden, you go into the SEC – ready to rock from that position on the defensive line and again that's the difference between being really good and elite winning championships is having those kind of guys on the defensive line real quick give us a texas uh recruiting update you know texas has been recruiting well um they picked up a a commitment yesterday from a kid named melvin hills a three-star defensive end out of uh louisiana i think he's more of a project he's a he's a big physical guy strong one of those crazy motor type kids i think he needs a little bit of time before he's going to be ready but from what i'm hearing it's still it's been a big recruiting few weeks i think they picked up like eight commitments over the last two or three weeks and i believe they're more there's more to come um they're in for some big time players receiver ryan wingo out of uh, st louis he's a five-star receiver apparently they're leaving for him uh corian gibson who was a uh High four-star corner out of Lancaster, Texas. Supposed to be leading for him. Wardell Mack out of Louisiana. High four-star corner. Borderline five-star kid. Supposed to be leading for him, too. And, of course, Colin Simmons, who's one of the best players in the country. He's a defensive end, you know, edge player out of Duncanville, Texas. They're supposed to be leading for him, too. So, hopefully they can get him because we're going to have to compete on this defensive line once we get to the SEC. I was just looking at your co- your commit
0: list, and the top two are both IMG guys. Uh, that's pretty crazy that, I, I mean, I understand the allure of IMG and I, I get it, but that's just, I mean, how loaded is that team that they're just rolling out four and five stars at every level? I mean, it's, a- well, and that's the
1: thing, it's a prep, right? So they're recruiting players who are already talented from all over the country. Hey, come here and we're going to get you prep for college, right? If You want your career to be in football, we'll come here and we'll get you prep They practice more. Than a normal school would, they kind of start living the college style life while um, they're still in high school to prep them for that. So,
0: note note of caution for IMG though before everybody on the Oklahoma side of things gets too excited for players signed out of IMG. Buki came out of IMG, am I
1: right? Buki, he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't work out for Buki, but you know, I don't think that's an IMG thing. I don't know. Something to think about, Kevin. Um, well, okay, but I'll then stop recruiting there, and we'll take your IMG kids. That
0: No, that's all right. That's all right. I want them. We'll take them. I want them. David Stone's IMG, right? Am I, I'm not crazy about it that, is, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, isn't not. he originally from Midwest City? That's the thing. None of these kids are from – most of these kids aren't from Florida. They go to IMG. A lot of them are, yeah. but they come from all over. It's just basically a college prep school. Like he's, like You see these with basketball a lot, Finley Prep and Oak Hill Academy. So those kids aren't from there; they just get recruited to go there and start living a college lifestyle. Before
0: you're currently ranked 18th, we're currently ranked 33rd without the Jaden Jackson commit. Um, are you expecting Oklahoma and Texas to both have top 10 classes this year? Yes, top yes. five.
1: I don't think top five at least for Texas. If you guys can get David Stone and Williams Waneri then you guys are going to finish somewhere near the top five. Okay. We're talking about multiple five stars here. Is
0: Texas a numbers thing? Is that what's going to keep you all out of the top five? or
1: You know, I I don't know. No, I think we're going to take a full class. I think they're going to take 25 from what I'm hearing. Um, So we'll just see, man. If they get Colin Simmons, that'll help a lot. He's a top five player in the country at the defensive end position. So if they get him, it'll really bump their numbers. So, I mean, I'm expecting top 10. I'm just not sure. Top five, because you always have to factor, you know, Alabama and Georgia, of course, Ohio State will absolutely have a great class. We'll see what um, Lincoln does out there at uh, at USC this year. Speaking of Uh, Lincoln, real quick. Yeah. What is with this dude and posting pictures of his food? Dude, you would think that would be somebody trolling him. You would think somebody – you would
0: think somebody had hacked his account and put that out there. Like even if it's per- – first of all, I don't understand tuna. Like I th- this is the kind of tuna fan I am, right? It's in a pouch. It used to be in a can. Now it's yeah. in a pouch. Yeah. I put it in a pouch. I mix it with mayonnaise, and I eat it with crackers, okay? So that's my level of tuna you know, uh, connoisseurship. However, it's literally like somebody hacks his account and puts that stuff up there because he's – what is he thinking of putting that stuff on? He knows what he's going to get.
1: I know. I mean, like he, he posted the brisket last year, and of course everybody was all over them. Texas yeah, fans was were really all over bad. them. It was and you really fans. Though, right. Some OU fans tried to defend him, and I get it. He's he was your guy at the time, right? But it's like no, no, uh, no. We're not hating because it's Lincoln Riley. It's like dude, we're, we're, we're Texas fans, right? So we're used to brisket. That ain't how it's supposed to look. This is how it's supposed to look, dude. <laughs> and uh, then this with this tuna thing. I'm like, what the heck is that? Uh, speaking hey, of things, speaking of
0: things that caught uh, that that we're interested in, and uh, we got to sh- we got to shut this down here in a sec because I got to go pick my wife up from the airport. But I I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, Britney Spears made an appearance in the sports world this past week. What's up with your boy Webin Yama dissing Britney Spears and basically having one of his boys physically assault her?
1: Well, first, of
0: all, all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's your boy now. I hope you noticed that.
1: Well, well, first of all, it goes for a go forever right so he is well, my boy I'll take that that's that's fine that's why he didn't know it was her He's walking in he had been he, didn't know it was by Brittany. he didn't know it was Brittany she ran up behind him he never turned you can see the video he he was walking she came up from behind he was walking she grabbed at his back he kept walking he ne- he literally never turned around and somebody her and somebody backhanded her right Yeah, backhanded. we threw the handbag. It hit her hand, which then hit her face. Hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Not a good look for the security. I still think he's got. I think he's got to take ownership of it. Like you know,
1: it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. brilliant. But I mean, listen. I mean, she's the queen. She's the queen of pop. I wouldn't go that far. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Who else is the queen? If she's not the queen of pop, who's the queen of pop? I have no idea. But is it, can it be really Britney Spears? I mean,
0: well, first of all, I don't even think Britney Spears is a very good singer. Okay. Yeah. I just think she's a smoking hot smoke show. Back in yeah. the day.
1: back in Yeah, the day. yeah. She was perfect for the game. Ninety, the
0: I mean, let's face it, dude. 98, 98. 9, 99, young 19, 18, 19 year old John Whitson was, dude, Britney Spears was the epitome, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, she the, was it, man. She was, she was I I mean, the standard. Yeah. And and that went right up into like the mid
1: 2000s Yeah, she um, has some issues. And right? then she As shaved he her head with a child star. I mean, she too much fame at too young of an age. I, I blame uh I blame
0: Justin Timberlake. Do you? Yeah, I think he I think uh I think he left her kind of hanging out there to dry on her own. You know, they kind of had this life all planned together and he just left her. And I think mm-hmm. it hurt her. I think, you know, I I don't know.
1: Right, I'm not in
0: uh, yeah, I'm not in their lives, but it just seems it seems like JT Lake is the reason for all of for her complete and total downfall. And now mm-hmm. Wibben Yama just thinks his security guards can slap her upside the head.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you can't be can't be walking up on Yama, man.
0: Um terrible first
1: game in the in the summer league, but he responded. He responded. Yeah, yeah he was nervous, just out of place. He looked lost. At times, I mean, clearly, he's shooting air balls,
0: right? I'll tell you what, dude. Dude doesn't lack confidence, though. He does not lack confidence. When they ask him about the league, and he's like, oh, well, guys are – it's like, okay, bro, you do know it's And again – You
1: do know it's G G-man, right? He's playing against guys who are not going to be on NBA rosters.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. As a Thunder fan, I'm excited, too. As a Spurs fan, I'm excited. Thunder fan, I'm excited. Well, Uh, as a Thunder fan,
1: you should be very excited because this future is happening now. I kind of think you're right. They are going to be good this year. I think within two years, especially if they keep this core together. I mean, we can talk about, we can be talking about a team that can make a legit finals run. Legit. Um
0: who but real quick, we got I do got to close this up. Bradley Beal to the Suns.
1: They got a lot of scores, man. They got scores. I don't know how they, many they defend.
0: They won't make the finals. They won't make the finals. It, it, yeah, it'll I be mean, tough as they're currently this constructed. Is, like, it, yeah. This is just like the New York. This is just like the or Je- uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it's just we've seen this. We've seen this before when they put a lot of guys that want the ball that don't play defense. It yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work. Like yeah. you know, you look at um, you look at Golden State. They grew up together, and then you had Draymond that played his role, and you had a couple other guys that played the role. And Clay Thompson didn't demand the ball; he just shot the ball when he got it.
1: Yeah, that's not
0: Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, like I, I don't see it working. Clay and and Draymond are all NBA defensive type players. Well, especially before Clay got hurt, he was absolutely yeah. He was.
1: He's not now, but at at that time when they were winning the championships, he absolutely was, and and Draymond is still a great defensive player. Um, plan
0: for the upcoming month. We're gonna have we're gonna be into fall camp. We're gonna bring you fall camp storylines from both Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, we're going to talk some conference realignment because pieces have moved in the national landscape. So we'll bring everybody up to speed so they know who is out there and who is in the, what conference. So you can kind of p- have the a picture of the bigger picture. Um, so that's all to come as we count down to the start of the season. Kevin, this was and exciting. Course, it was man. fun. Don't forget our, a- our mega season previews for each. They're team. coming. Well, we got previews. We got picks. Uh, august is going to be giant you know i go on a little vacation hit to here at the end of july august is going to be insane so i'm looking forward to it hey man have let's a great it, evening man. let's do it you too man boomer welcome. Okay.